Welcome to the Mimi B Podcast. I'm your host, Mimi Bouchard, and this podcast is designed to help you become the best version of yourself possible. This podcast will motivate you and give you the tools that you need to get to where you want to be. Hey guys, today I'm here with Nicole Berry. She is the founder of Bonberry.com and Bonberry Mart, and she's based in New York City. She's a mama. She is a social media gal that's posts all about health and wellness, and I'm just so excited to have her on today. I've been following her for a while, and I know this is just going to be such a fun conversation. So welcome, Nicole. Thank you so much, Mimi. Thank you so much for having me on here. I love your platform and I love what you stand for. So I'm really excited to chat. Thank you so much. That honestly means the world to me. Um, so, okay, you're in New York right now. Obviously, yeah. there is a lot of crazy stuff going on at the moment. Yeah. How are you like, how are you staying sane? How, how are you like taking control of, of everything going on in your own world? And, you know, what are some words of wisdom? <laughs> So, yeah. So, so yes, the world, you know, it's, it, we're in really heavy, dark times um, for many reasons. And I think we're all carrying a lot of collective pain um, for everyone. So, inter- and we're internalizing a lot of it. And so for me, I think just with everyone, just how it's been for the last four months, it's just have, there's been a lot of ups and downs, you know, and moments of anxiety or panic and and even moments of peace and joy, you know? And so for me, meditation has been essential. I mean, it's always been essential to me. I, I, I almost can't really function if I don't give myself two or three minutes in the morning to breathe each day. And that's been true to true for me for the past, I would say like 11 years. Um, but even more so now. So it's like brushing my teeth. It's just kind of like cleanses my energy for the day. And for me, meditation hasn't ever been about just like sitting on a pillow and just being peaceful. It's always kind of been a way for me to breathe into my inherent anxiety that I've carried around um, throughout my life and um, let it go. So that for me is, has been so essential and helpful and grounding for me. Um, and now I do it kind of throughout the day. So like before where I, it was like the, my morning meditation. Now it's like, okay, I'll wake up and I do it. And then a few hours later I'll feel something and I'll have to like sit and breathe. Um, in the evening I'll do it. I've been journaling more, which is something that I haven't done since I was like in high school. Um, and it's just a way for me to get my emotions and feelings on the page. And, and all of this is for me, I feel like a spiritual release because I think that when we carry a lot of fear and anxiety around and pain in our bodies, they, they begin to manifest physically. Um, so for whether that's, you know, a stomach ache or a headache or actually getting sick, you know, our immune system definitely becomes compromised, whether that's um, feeling more like you're retaining more, it, it, it immediately affects. So for me, it's always been about an emotional release. And that's what's kind of been keeping me sane. That and my two little ones who are my, my one-year-old just turned two this weekend and my son's about to turn five and they're so blissfully unaware and, and need your attention immediately. So that brings you into the moment. So those things have been really keeping me, you know, somewhat 
at at ease and at peace through a really really difficult time like in the world and in in our like history of humankind oh my god such good tips and i totally resonate with so many of those meditating and journaling Mm -hmm. changed my life and it's 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 like therapy it's literally therapy and you know, I, it, it's so good to to speak to somebody that really just understands it as well. I feel like so many people are like, oh, like journaling, meditating, it kind of just seems very woo woo, or just not really like effective. But I used to be one of those people that thought that and after it's completely transformed my life, I, I need to be like a huge advocate for it, because it really is so like introspective, and it brings out the true parts of you, I, I think, and um, allows you to just see things with like a better headspace you know what I mean totally and I think that meditating can mean something different for every person so like one person could be really into transcendental meditation and have a mantra that they say and they do it 20 minutes like two times a day which is not me like I do a guided meditation by Gabrielle Bernstein I need like someone talking to me to like tell me to breathe versus just like listening to music or listening to nothing um or it could just be like listening to your own breath I just feel like sometimes if you're new to meditation it can seem daunting and like oh not for me or too woo or whatever but um it you know there's so many different ways one can interpret it but really it just comes down to like breath and just like breathing in and breathing out whatever you're feeling and breathe, breathing it out can be like exceptionally transformative, I think. Oh my God, I totally agree. And I definitely need to do my meditation today. I haven't done it yet. I've been consumed with just being so busy, but you're reminding me why I need to do it. (laughs) So 100%. And then obviously you take such amazing care of yourself and your body and and your health. Um, Maybe we could touch on that a little bit. You know, you have a whole brand surrounding health and wellness. Like what are your top wellness and health kind of principles that you follow and live by? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's so funny. Like for me, I think it boils down to three things that guide me personally. And this is all to be taken with a grain of Himalayan salt. (laughs) Uh, Because it what applies to me what applied to me like 10 years ago, shifted and changed, you know, as the time went by, what applied to me while I was pregnant or nursing shifted when I'm not pregnant and nursing. So things ebb and flow. And that certainly applies to other people too. So so although I have these principles that I follow, whoever's listening to it, I think should always interpret it um, as to what applies and works for them. So I always say, you know, here's what I do, but take what you like, leave what you like, because wellness is such a personal journey and it's so subjective. Um, the more I've been in this kind of world, the less I like to say, like, do this, because I realize um, people are carrying such different things in their um, history and body emotionally and physically. So so having said that, there are about three things that I really, um, that I follow. One is intuitive eating. And that's really important to me because I suffer from eating disorders from, I think, about the age of 13 to 26, let's say, you know, um, throughout middle school, throughout high school, throughout college, even a little bit into my early 20s. Um, and I've healed myself since then. I'm 36 now, so it's about 10 years. 
And um, so I feel really confident in talking about it, what healed me. Um, so intuitive eating is what healed me. And that's just listening to my body. And that's number one. So I can talk about the next two things. But number one is what is my soul craving? What is my physical body craving in that moment, despite what anybody else says or what principles there are? So that's number one, listening to my body, listening to my spirit. Um, number two, I would say, is plant-based living. And that means doesn't necessarily mean being 100% vegan because I'm not. I do eat mostly, quote unquote, in quotes, vegan. Um, however, I leave room because of the first thing for me to try things if I want, if I'm traveling and not and allowing for zero judgment. So if I do do something, that's okay, but really focusing mostly on plants and fruits and vegetables. And the third thing is food combining. And food combining is something I discovered when I was like in my mid twenties and it changed my life entirely. It changed the way I view food. It changed the way I, I nourish myself, even how I am approaching nourishing my, my family. Um, and it kind of, it, gave me a freedom away from diets and diet culture and compulsive eating. And I think that there's a misinterpretation of food combining because it seems there are like so many rules, but for me, it lifted all those quote unquote rules when it, when, uh, when it comes to eating and instead created simply like a roadmap. So imagine just like a little map and it's like, oh, I can like follow this map, but I might take another route or a different route. I might take a shortcut or go the long way, but I always know kind of like the markers of where I can live. And that has really helped me a lot. So those are the three principles that guide me. And with Bonberry, um, it was a website I launched like about six years ago um, with recipes and interviews and other things. Um, but really, they were just my way to get creative within those things, intuitive eating, plant-based eating, and food combining, to show that there's so much creativity you can have with these principles and that you don't need to sacrifice joy for leading a cleansing life and not, not like a not like clean or non-toxic. Like really what I mean by cleansing life is, is trying to boost your vitality and boost really f- – really amplify as as good as you can feel energy wise, um, fatigue wise, all, you know, physically, you know, whether you're carrying weight or not having enough weight, all of those things, you know, seems to be like, there's such a dry and, and like a dry topic that's like been void of joy and indulgement. You know, like we've always talked about, okay, you have to do, I'm on a cleanse or I'm on a this or I'm on a that where's the joy you would always like, or I would like go on a juice cleanse. And then I'd like go the opposite route because I was depriving myself. And I was like, how can we create a lifestyle or how can I create a lifestyle that I can maintain for the rest of my life every day where I can enjoy myself and eat really delicious, highly flavorful, indulgent, joyful foods, but also enjoy the effects of cleansing because cleansing is also joyful because you feel bright and energetic and you want to maintain longevity and health and, and boost your immune system and they don't have to live separate from each other. So that's kind of the whole Bonberry spiel. <laughs> okay. I'm obsessed with everything you've just said, literally on the exact same 
page. It's first of all, like how incredible that you've, you know, gone through this all and decided all of this. And it literally is just, you know, you're thriving now and it is possible. And I, I'm always such an advocate of this as well. Cause I've definitely gone through my, you know, fair share of like, you know, not being happy with myself physically, yeah. mentally, and having a bad relationship with food and, you know, yeah. intuitive eating and, you know, effortlessly being in this um, healthy, radiant, energized body of your dreams is so possible in the most amazing way. And I think that's something, yeah, I think that's something so many people, you know, just don't realize is is a potential for them. Like it used to be me, I used to think, oh, like you're either unhappy and under eating Mm -hmm. um, to be that body you want, or, you know, you're overeating. And it was just hard to lose weight, right. But now it's like, you just, you come to a point when you realize that intuitive eating and like listening to your body and doing everything in a loving way is Mm -hmm. the cure, right? Because it actually gives you both. It gives you that body and it gives you that mentality and it gives you that health and thriving, you know, attitude. So I absolutely, absolutely love that. Um, how did you get into like the intuitive eating thing? And like, what was that breaking point for you? Cause I know a lot of girls, girls listening are still trying to navigate that space. Yeah. So, you know, I think that, and also just to, to comment, like, I think a lot of us who are in this field now, or, or I feel comfortable to share their wellness journey have almost all gone through their experiences with whether it's an eating issue, you know, eating disorders, if not a full on disorder, just eating issues or body issues, because, you know, that's how we heal ourselves. Right. And once you heal, that's the impetus to heal yourself. And then once you heal yourself, hopefully when you feel confident enough, you know, that you've, you've mastered it and you feel good, then you share. So I think that it's really beautiful that, you know, a lot of us have experienced this before, so we can speak to the people who are perhaps going through it now, you know? And, um, so I, I grew up like completely like in extremism. Um, I was always kind of like, really good. And this applies to like schoolwork or like, or food or everything. I was really good or then I would go completely on the other side. So in high school, I like, it was a very fast high school, I guess. And I was, I was doing like hard drugs when I was 16. Um, I was like completely addicted to like cocaine when I was 17. Um, And then I like got clean at 18. It was like a very fast um, like journey. And but I didn't heal that void of needing compulsion. Um, and that shifted over to food, you know? So like I, I, I stopped being a drug, drug addict, but then I became like almost like a food, food addict. Um, and I never, I think it came to the point where I just needed, it was like a cry for help. Like I hit rock bottom. Like I didn't want to do that anymore. I was, I was my like eating disorder manifested in like binging and purging. And it wasn't every day, but I'd go through these phases where I would just binge and purge. And there was a point where I was just like, I give up, I need help. And I think that was the turning point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. And um, so I, and that was also around or after I lost my dad, he passed away when I was 20. And so I started reading a lot of um, Tich Nhat Hanh, who was a Vietnamese Buddhist monk. And I was exposed to more, I guess, spiritual books because I lost my dad. And I was, that's how I dealt with mourning. And that's when I started to learn about mindfulness. 
And Thich Nhat Hanh speaks much about mindfulness, mindfulness of anger, mindfulness of loss, mindfulness of eating, of walking. And so that was the beginning. And I didn't really fully understand it. Um, and then I met Gabby Bernstein. And, and probably a lot of your followers probably know who Gabby Bernstein is. But if you don't, she um, is a an author and a, you know, speaker, motivational speaker. And, but then she was just a coach, right? A life coach, I guess. And um, I found her through the New York times. I read an article because I felt that no one really, even though I was reading people like Thich Nhat Hanh and Marianne Williamson and um, Eckhart Tolle, I really felt like no one was speaking to me as like a young 20 year old who knew my language. And she did just that. And so she was then taking just like appointments in her apartment. And we met, we like, funnily enough, lived only like a few blocks away. So I just walked over to her apartment, we had a session. And that first session, I think I just like cried the whole the whole time. And um, she really opened up in just like, touching in on like my childhood trauma on my loss of my dad on all the things that I've been carrying and not really feeling and just doing things over it. So whether that was like drinking over it or eating over it or binging and purging over it, I was just not feeling my feelings for like 25 years of my life. Um, so that was my first journey inwards. And Although it had nothing, quote unquote, nothing to do with food, it had everything to do with food. And it was just truly, it was starting to pull away the bricks of the walls that I had built up over the years um, to to actually feel kind of the trauma and the pain that I've been experiencing and the loss. And through that and through meditating and meeting with Gabby and 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 it took, it was very slow, but that's when I started to realize that that's when I started to heal myself. And the, f- the food aspect, the food issues were just, it, it, it was fu- really funny that I never had to like actually do direct work with it. Those, those compulsions started to feel less gripping and they just started to like kind of loosen and loosen. And my fear around food started to loosen. And I would, and I would start having things that were like so off limits to me because I I was following a path of like joy and I, and that was included. So like, I couldn't say like yes to joy and meditate and feel good in one way. And then like, you know, go to a friend's birthday party and say no to another thing. So what I realized was that saying yes to joy, whatever that may be, whether it was like a bad quote unquote bad for me thing was the number one step into my recovery because and and I wrote a course on this and it's um it's called the body love course because it's it's kind of like a step by step on what I personally did um and it's a four week course and the first assignment is saying yes and what that does is it releases our I guess what I think that we've been taught, you know, through diet culture and everything, I I feel like we've been taught to distrust our body and distrust what we know is good for ourselves. So we keep saying no. And by saying no over and over again, we start to lose our, um, our knowledge of like what is truly good for us. And we lose, lose that voice of intuition. And so by saying yes to what you want is that's the first step is, is that getting over the fear. And that's the hardest step because at least then you're saying yes to your intuition. And all of a sudden the little girl or little boy and you wakes up and is like, 
oh, she's listening to me now. So they are happy. And in the beginning, maybe you might go overboard. Maybe if you've been saying no to bagels for like all your life, I'm from New York. So I guess bagels is like the thing. I don't know what it is in Vancouver, but wherever you are, if you've been saying no to bagels for all your life, you're maybe you're going to want a bagel every day for like three months. I don't know if that's going to happen. That probably won't be the case, but maybe it is. And that's you go through that experience because it's almost like you've been t- depriving yourself for so long. You want to get, go through that just healing process. But I promise you after three months or after a week or after whatever that may be, that compulsion will start to loosen. And what will happen instead will, is that your inner child that you've been depriving for so long is going to say, oh, okay, like I feel good. And then you're going to be moved probably to go beyond the bagel and say, okay, maybe I want something else because the bagels every single day doesn't make me feel so great. And so that was the beginning. And, and that lasted for honestly, like a year. I was, I, I was just, I had met my husband and this is like about 11 years ago. And I was like enjoying just being with him and we would just like go and enjoy ourselves. And luckily I had him as like a crush, but I was still healing myself during that time. Um, and he he created space for me in order to do that, which I think is also a, a good thing. Side note to say to all the like single girls out there is that you don't have to be whole to meet your partner. You can still meet them while you're still imperfect. And if they're the right person for you, they'll hold space for you. And so that's what my mm-hmm. husband did. And, um, and so I healed myself and it was ugly, you know, and like it's, the healing is, is an ugly process, but I came out of the other side and I was like, okay, all of a sudden I woke up and I was like, what are the foods that are going to want to fuel me? Like I, I, I'm, I feel good. I've had all of the things that I feel like I was depriving myself, but I realized I don't feel so great physically. So then I moved into kind of like the physicality of it and the nourishing part of it. And, and for me, that is so essential before you jump into whether it's food combining or plant-based, if you don't heal those inner emotional wounds first, this will just become another quote unquote diet. This will just become another compulsion. And so sometimes I get asked, you know, like, oh, isn't this just another compulsion compulsion, um, or another diet? And it's so funny that I, how rare I get asked that question. And I truly believe it's because of the energy I put behind it because people know, and the way that I talk about it, know and they feel from me that it's not another compulsion. This is my way of life. And I can speak with that with true authority and experience because I've been doing this for over 10 years now. But why is that? It's because I healed those emotional wounds before then. So I would never recommend someone to be like, hey, let's try food combining, go vegan, um, without addressing your emotional wounds first. Oh my God. <laughs> Literally, yes to everything. Like if this is just so spot on. And I completely relate to so much of what you've said. Like you can try to do anything and it won't work unless you you heal those emotional wounds first. Like it is revolutionary and it's just mind blowing. And I feel like I've created a lot of what I talk about around that as well. You know, I've I've been very open with my entire experience, especially on my podcast. Um, you know, when I first started the podcast, I was trying out all these different diets. I was like keto for a bit. I was like this for a bit, that for a bit. And now it's like, I've, you know, for the past probably year and a bit, it's been like very steady of just like working on myself of working on intuitive eating, not labeling anything and just eating what makes me feel really good and not overeating and not under eating and just eating what, what feels very natural and intuitive. And while doing so, I've been doing a lot of the inner work and it's like, 
I've effortlessly, you know, transformed my body. Yeah. It feels effortlessly, yeah. even though yes, it is work a little bit sometimes. And it's yeah. a lot of the inner work that, that I think is the hardest thing. It's like saying, actually, why do I feel like I need to overeat right now? Is it because I'm feeling stressed or anxious? That's the old me. I don't eat for emotional purposes anymore. Yeah. I eat to enjoy it and to fuel my body and to love it. But you know, I don't turn to food for, um, you know, for comfort if I'm feeling stressed. Like there's other ways to do that. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with everything. And I love what you said about um, your partner, um, you know, how you don't need to be full and completely healed before finding that partner. Because I was the same with my with my boyfriend, Ben, you know, almost three years ago. I met him and I was in a completely different place as well. And like he, he's helped me heal myself because I was, I didn't feel lovable before, you know, he's my first boyfriend and, you know, there's just so much. And I think, you know, finding a gem like that is just so great too, for sure. For sure. So like, I, I always thought that like, you know, it's like until you're whole, then you're going to meet your other half. And, and that's true to an extent, but I also believe that, you know, if that person feels strong enough and can hold space for you, you can be an entire mess and like feel unlovable and not necessarily pull the, like be codependent. Um, maybe like your old self will be like, yes, I want to be codependent, you know, like, but then they'll like give you enough space to realize like to heal. Um, and then, you know, and then, and then it transform into like a healthy relationship. Um, and then mm-hmm. also I just wanted to say that it's so like we're women, like, or at least you and I, and, and that's a big thing. Cause my, a lot of my teachers in food combining and um, cleanse in the cleansing worlds were men or are men. And what I realized was missing in their teachings, which is totally fine. Um, but it, what it, what I think I, I realized what I needed was the emotional aspect and the loving and the coddling that I feel like we as women crave and need. So whereas like my teacher is Gil Jacobs, he's amazing. He's a colonic therapist in the East Village in New York. He's so, so knowledgeable about everything, but he's just like, do this, do that, do that. Great. Bye. I'm like, but what about like chocolate? What about this? What about that? Like we need kind of an emotional aspect to it. And I don't think we'll ever dis separate emotions with eating as women or even personally, I get so much joy from eating and like with what's going on, you know, I've, this is a great teaching actually this quarantine and this time of the world right now has been at such a teaching moment for me to say that like the things that I thought I've healed, maybe I haven't. And so it's always a constant teaching, but, but it's okay that if you feel like you need to emotionally eat, it's just essentially about forgiving and starting over and letting go and not ju- not holding it with you, not holding the guilt or the judgment, because you know what, it's normal for women to connect their emotions with food. And, and, and food is emotional, food should be emotional in a lot of ways, you know, like, we feed our families, we have our, our big, like celebrations, you know, when we're little, we remember what our mom made us or our dad, or, you know, you're at your friend's like sleepover and, and her mom made something that you'll always remember. You know what I mean? It's like you can't separate them. So so letting go of the judgment, if you feel like you're still connected to emotional eating, there's a reason for that. And it's not necessarily bad. 
Mm, yeah, that's such a great perspective for sure. And I, I do relate to like the good emotion that comes from it. Like I love, you know, like certain foods that remind me of certain, you know, uh, celebrations and all that stuff. But for me, like I think my biggest issue just used to be like going to food when I was feeling a negative emotion, like instead yeah. of actually like sitting with how I felt and like, you know, just deciding totally. what I, yeah, it, it just never like fixed anything, I guess. And yeah. like, I think positive emotional eating is like for sure great and yeah. it's it's yeah. fabulous but negative emotional eating is just something that I really felt like was holding me back in like every single way in my life yeah. in the past yeah absolutely yeah yeah for that's sure feeling a void you know and so if if we're conscious about what we're whatever we're doing, whether it's food or something else, does it feel like, is it, is it filling a void or is it comfort, you know? And I think there's a difference. So that's a really mm, Exactly. hundred percent. So tell me what, like if someone listening right now, cause we have a lot of younger girls listening um, and a lot of them are still on their health journeys and, you know, finding it a little bit difficult to really, you know, feel a hundred percent happy with where they are. Mm-hmm if you could maybe even go back in time and tell your old self something, what would it be? Like, what kind of advice would you give? Oh man. Yeah. When it comes to like food or just in general? In in life, actually, like general. I would say, I would say like you're safe and you are loved. And for me, I really feel that safety and comfort because I think that we lose some of that all of us have like experienced a little bit of trauma in one way or another or maybe we haven't but I think that connecting to that little girl because like let's say you're 16 17 18 I'm talking about the little girl who is like six or seven or five I think we lose that and as long as we're on honestly connecting with her and sending her love and sending her protection and everything that she needs that little girl you'll you will be fine because for me i think i disconnected with that little girl around my teenage years and not until the time was i in my mid 20s did i reconnect with her and when i reconnected with her i think there was just this incredible peace and protection so i think that we really just need to always constantly check in and protect that little girl in your in in your heart because that's who we are. That's truly who we are. We, we learn so many different things from our friends and our peers and the media and everything. And it's easy to get caught up in all of that noise. But when we were like five or six or seven, I even see my little boy now who's turning five, like he's so sure of himself. He knows who he is and that will never change. So always connecting to that little girl, I would say. That is so spot on. And I feel the exact same. Like I, I have a kind of a similar story to you. I kind of, you know, lost <laughs> myself when I was a teenager and, yeah. you know, lost that sense of being that pure, true little version of me, you know, that little girl. Yeah. And with all like the work and I've done a lot of personal development work over the years, it's always yeah. gone back to like healing that younger self and like mm-hmm. becoming that like, you know, true authentic you again and just getting rid of you know, the person that you're not. Um, cause I, I truly do think that personal development is more about unlearning than it is about learning. Absolutely. And Couldn't yeah. Agree. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, th- I think that's just so spot on, like just being in touch with that true you that like 
raw, authentic you. And I've actually, um, I'm in the middle of creating my app, Mimi Method, and it's like recipes, meditations, and workouts, which I'm super excited for. I'll send you a membership. But the the one thing that I love doing is the meditations. I'm creating guided meditations. And I've done one the other day that's all about healing your past self. And it's like a 35-minute deep guided meditation. Yeah. And like you're going back in time and like healing your younger self. And some people might think like, oh, why? Like, do I need to do this? What does this have to do with me? Like, I'm fine. But it's like most of us actually, and I still do, have, um, you know, these scars from back then of not feeling good enough or, you know, traumas or, yeah. Everyone has that. And I think that's probably the most powerful practice you can do is really connect to that innocence person. And that could be like whatever age it was that you felt, you know, whole and happy. And, you know, you, you may feel whole and happy now, but really connecting regardless into that, that self is so powerful. I really do. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So you have little babies. What are some things that you, from like a parenting perspective, I, I don't think a lot of our listeners have kids yet, yeah. but um, someday. Uh, and I'm just curious though, because I think, you know, parenting is such an interesting topic. Like what are some things that you're committed to, you know, giving off as, as a parent, like teaching as a parent? Yeah. What's your parenting well, style? That like, I think that, and this applies to us, like whether you're at the age of a parent or a parent or not, is just that we think that life is going to be a certain way, or maybe we think that being a mom is going to look a certain way for us or being whatever is going to look a certain way for us. And if it doesn't go to plan, then just living with ease and just being going with the flow, because I think that's the biggest teaching thing as a mom, because I started this lifestyle like before I became a mom and I had all these preconceived notions how it was going to go. I was going to be like in the Garden of Eden with my like vegan children, like, you know, like breastfeeding forever, this and that, you know, all of that. And just being like the earth mama goddess, you know, in my mind. And it didn't always go to plan, you know, and so in some ways it it did and in some, in some ways it didn't. And I think that just is kind of a, a lesson of life. And, and so if you're, if you're younger, like, and you know, whether you're like going for a job or going, you know, whether it's like with a guy or however, what you perceive like a relationship is going to look like, or what your significant other is going to look like, you know, just letting go of those preconceived notions, because if the only thing they're doing is, is holding us back from, you know, what could potentially be even greater. And I thought this is something that I think Marianne Williamson and in A Course of Miracles and Gabby say, it's, you know, it, it like always saying, like, if you're going to pray for something, like I pray that I, I receive all that I want. And if it's not this, it will be something better. So that for me is always, a, is just a massive lesson. So not to expect or, or focus on an exact way of what the way something's going to look like. And once you let go of those pers- those notions, you know, it's just allows you freedom to like just live. And, and so that's for me is the biggest thing is like, and like, I won't go into parenting advice since it's like not your audience, but, but really just like letting go of those preconceived notions has helped me as a mom 
so much, so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. I bet it's one of those things where you like think everything is going to go a certain way, and it just totally yeah. doesn't. You just have to go with the flow. Totally. And has it been harder though since being a mom to like find time for yourself? Like, how do you think it's like maybe like helped your personal development in your own self or paused it? Do you know what I mean? That's actually yeah. kind of something I'm worried about. Not actually, but like when I have kids, like I, like I love my own time. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's shifted for sure. I obviously like no matter what they come first and that, you know, is, I will definitely say that like, I was a pretty selfish person before I had kids and I was aware of that, but I also wasn't, didn't even know how selfish I was until I had kids. Cause then it's like, in a way it does all go out the window. Cause of course they come first. And so that is, you know, that's a learning curve. And some, you know, people go deep into it and welcome it with open arms. But for me, um, particularly with my first son, I was like learning how to be a mom um, for like a good two years. Like I wasn't just like, okay, now I'm a mom. Perfect. You know, I was just figuring it out. And also in like mourning your old self. That said, like my like I'm such a believer of like put your oxygen mask first so you can like tend to others. And so for me, you know, my self-care is paramount because I know if I don't feel great in my own skin, I'm not going to be able to show up for my kids. And my husband is very much aware of that. So, um, (laughs) you know, I, I have to, you know, get my workout in, you know, and now it's, you know, we're at home obviously. So I, as long as I'm like moving in some sort of way, have to do my meditation. And again, half, these are all half do's with like an asterisk. Like if my kids are sick, if, you know, they don't sleep at night, da, 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 like all of that goes out the window. Like they come first always. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like as a day to day kind of thing, I really do focus on myself. I don't really take so much time with like, I'm not a big like skincare masker like person. So like that I don't do, even though I got one of those crazy, like LED crazy masks, you know, that makes you look like mm-hmm. those do those work? Well, I just got it a week ago and I've been using it. Apparently it's amazing. I don't know. My friends love it. But it's like I had it on and I like like scared my kids, slash like my my daughter was scared. My son was like super excited. You just like mix it on, you know? Um, I love it. Yeah. So, but it's not all or nothing. Like, I think it's like, you have to just make time. And like some days, like, I think also like Melissa, who's a friend, Melissa Wood, who's a friend of mine is so good at showing that you can just integrate little moments in your life um, and not have it just be like a whole block of time, you know? And if you only do like a little bit, it's something, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I've had her on the podcast. She's so sweet. She, I love her. She's so, so sweet. Yeah. And, and I, I love how she just shows like that you can just do it all at once and it could be, it could look messy and it could look, you know, it's at least it's something, you know, um, exactly. but, but definitely don't, I don't subscribe to the, like mar- the martyr, like, like, Oh, like I, I'm not going to be able to work out. I'm not going to be able to like take care of myself. Da, 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 da. Like, like that just, that narrative doesn't apply to me. Like I, I, and when some people say like, how do you make the time to do this? The truth is, and this, I I say this a lot, is that if it brings me joy, it creates time and it creates space. So it's not, Mm -hmm. it's not, doesn't take away time. If I'm able to like get, I mean, something as trivial, we're talking about trivial things. Like this is like a very intense time. So if you don't get to do anything, totally understands, you know what I mean? Right now, like this is 
this is all with, again, a grain of Himalayan Himalayan salt. But like, if you move like for a little bit in the morning, I'm going to be a better mom all day. And I'm going to be able to like be present for this and be present for that. If I don't get any sort of me time in, I will be super grumpy. I'm, you know, like, it's just gonna, it's not going to be pretty for everyone. (laughs) So for me, I'm, I'm kind of unapologetic about it. And, and, um, I, so I, I, very, I feel very strongly that if you focus on yourself it and you bring joy into yourself, like, and that doesn't mean like whatever brings you personal joy, it will expand time. And I, I believe that thoroughly. Oh my God. That is so true. This has been such an amazing episode, like so empowering and refreshing and just good vibes all around. Before we go, I like to ask some of my guests um, about their morning routine. I find morning routines a total game changer um, that they have been in my life. What do you do for yours? Like if you wake up and you really, really need like a total mind reset or just like to get into the zone, like what does a morning look for you? Yeah. So my mornings these days, I wake up, I set, I am still nursing my daughter. So I'll, and I, but I pump. So I, it's actually a built in time for me to meditate. So I'll wake up, I'll be pumping. And for those who don't know what pumping is, it's to like a breast pump to like create breast milk. Um, <laughs> it's like now I'm like, uh, oh yeah, pump. Like, but I realized some people might have no idea what that means. Um, so I'll do that and I'll do my meditation and that's about 20 minutes. Um, and then I'll either read like one of my affirmation cards from Louise Hay, which kind of sets a mantra for the day or a theme for the day, or I'll go log on to Gabby's Spirit Junkie app, which I highly recommend because it just creates kind of like, it's almost like when you go to a yoga class and it's like you set an intention, it's you set an intention for the day. So I'll do that and then I'll brush my teeth and get the kids. We do breakfast and for me, like a non-negotiable is having our green juice every morning. I make it for my whole family. They have it. The kids have it. I have it. My husband has it. Um, sometimes I'll do, instead of a green juice, my green smoothie, which is in my green juice, it's it's almost always like green apple, kale, celery, and lemon. And then I'll do that for the kids. And then I'll add ginger to mine. And then for a green smoothie, um, it's raw coconut water, mango, spinach, frozen banana and mint. And like, if I don't have one of those, I feel like completely off. Oh, before that, I'll have my cold brew. I used to go out to get a latte in New York City. But now I make I've been very like into Grady's cold brew, which is like in the bottle concentrate, it's really strong. Um, And I'll do that with a splash of plant based milk. And then I'll have my juice like after that. Um, And that's my day. And then um, then we'll do like preschool zoom for my son. And then I, work, then I work out and like, I've been really into rebounding and I'm like a big Tracy Anderson person. So I'll do, I'll, or I'll do that or I'll do a flow and yeah, that's it. Amazing. That is just so nice and relaxing and just so great. I'm so happy that we did this, Nicole. And I know my audience is going to love you. Where can they find you? Social media? How can they support you? Thank you. Yeah. So um, on social media, I'm at Bonberry. And um, we also have a store called Bonberry Mart. If you are in New York City or you plan to visit, we are reopening soon um, once New York opens. But we are a plant-based convenience store. 
So think like 7-Eleven, but all vegan grab-and-go juices, some like pantry stuff. We're excited to open and like welcome everyone again. I can't imagine. Okay. Thank you so much. Honestly, it's been so much fun. This was awesome. Thank you. Stay safe.